This is In Focus on WSIU. I'm Jennifer Fuller. President Joe Biden crossed the 100-day milestone last week, touting his accomplishments since taking office and setting goals for the future. I talked with Paul Simon Public Policy Institute political analyst John Jackson to get his take on the president's first months in office. Well, the 100 days, of course, has become the marker, and they all want to make an impact, and it's all based on Franklin Roosevelt's precedent uh, in the New Deal in 33. It's hard to reach that level. I mean, he passed 15 major bills in the first 100 days, or yeah, 15, and it really changed the size and scope of the American government. Having said that, I think uh, Joe Biden's ambition have ambitions have been comparable to the ambition of Franklin Roosevelt in the sense that he laid out two major objectives. One was to get the pandemic under control. And in that, he announced uh, fairly audaciously at the time, because it was December, uh, that we would do a hundred million shots in the first hundred days on the vaccine. And at that point, we were at two or four or six, and it was struggling to get off the ground. Uh, And of course, uh, they met that objective by about April 15th. And then he announced that he would go for 200 million. And he met that. So it's nice to lay out some measurable markers and then not only to hit them, but to double them. And so in that sense, he got off to a really good start from a PR as well as a substantive standpoint. Uh, he had another objective, which was to get the economy open, up and running, and jobs coming back. He didn't announce specifics on that, but uh, the numbers of new jobs created in January through March uh, have been really very robust, and we're down at about 6% unemployment now. And while Uh, seven and a half or so million Americans who lost their jobs uh, last year are still unemployed. The unemployment rate has gone down steadily and the economy is opening back up fairly rapidly. Uh, GDP last month or last quarter uh, was above 6% in growth and that's a good number. And so he can claim some real accomplishments with some real metrics on both opening back up the economy uh, and uh, fighting the pandemic. As you know, the numbers of deaths and the numbers of total cases are going down, uh, but it's also certainly not over. And the big challenge is still to get the vaccinations done. And that slowed down and it's a troubling sign and he's got to tackle that in the future. Still, he's got quite a few challenges ahead of him. There's this giant infrastructure bill that he's right. proposing um, that doesn't, at least on its face, appear to have a you know a huge amount of support in Congress. Although it's it's very popular according right. to public opinion polls. How does he turn that tide? How does he change the minds of those lawmakers? Because he's going to need more than just the Democrats. Well, first of all, he's got the example of the stimulus package, and he had to get that done. He would have been crippled if he had failed on getting that done. 
Uh, and he made some effort to get bipartisanship. It didn't last long because it looked like it wasn't going to work. So he quickly said, we're going to do this. And fortunately for the president, uh, he kept the Democrats together, including Joe Manchin, which he absolutely had to have. Uh, they have no leeway there. They've got to get all 50. And so that example is there. And that was a huge victory. And it set the pattern. That is, uh, can you get a stimulus with some bipartisanship? Possible. And I think even probable on the major components, the hardware side, the infrastructure that is roads and bridges and, and sewer lines and all that stuff that is very, very popular. Uh, how long he hangs on to negotiating with the Republicans remains to be seen, but that's the difficult choice because at some point the Republicans are going to dig in their heels and Biden may say, that's not even close to what we've got to have. Uh, he's got to consider keeping Joe Manchin and other moderates on board, and it's not clear how that all works out. I would say, however, that's kind of normal legislative process. It's kind of back to normal in a real sense. And so I think there will be an infrastructure bill one way or the other. You know, infrastructure bill, the COVID stimulus, you know, kind of bringing the, the country back from what were some very bleak months uh, right. around the election through the inauguration. Uh, but and you're they right. got worse. They yeah. got worse after they got worse after the election because of the insurrection and then the impeachment. So but what challenge do you think lies ahead? We're already hearing from uh, pundits and, and even some lawmakers saying that the redistricting process is, is really going to be contentious this year in numerous states where Republicans are really looking to pick up a number of seats in the House. Uh, you've already got a big fight ahead for control of the Senate in the 2022 elections. What does the next 12 months look like with that election looming? Well, it puts increasing pressure not only on Joe Biden, but all the Democrats, because they know the only guarantee they've got ends in January after the midterm elections. And if the Republicans just pick up the average for both the House and Senate for midterms with a first term president, they'll easily take over the Senate and take over the House and add to that redistricting, which clearly advantages the Republicans, it's going to be very difficult for the Democrats to hold the House and the Senate and probably will lose one of them, could lose both of them very easily. So that puts all of the pressure on perform from now until then, because they know that's their last shot that's guaranteed to them. Uh, and it encourages the Republicans uh, to be more uncooperative. It's like Mitch McConnell announcing in 2009, he wanted to make Obama a one-term uh, president. Uh, he clearly wants to be majority leader come January of 2023, and he has a very good shot at doing that. But they have to calculate their own problems. That is, number one, what to do with Donald Trump, uh, who's terribly disruptive for the Republicans, Mitch McConnell-type Republicans. 
Uh, and number two, uh, he's he, Mitch McConnell, has got to decide how long can you lean against something as popular as many of those elements of the infrastructure bill are? And how long can you fight against uh, uh, control of drug prices, which has long been powerfully popular? Uh, and they may suffer if they keep on leaning against all of these very popular proposals uh, that Biden is advocating. What incentive is there or what do you see in the future in terms of pushing both parties back to a more moderate stance so that you don't have this ping pong effect every two years of who controls the Congress? Well, that's a powerfully good question. And I've puzzled over that because separation of powers, checks and balances was tough enough before polarization. And now with a polarized country and electorate, uh, it's even tougher. But they, I think, are seeing that getting things done is also very popular with the people. Getting the uh, pandemic under control, Biden's gotten good marks on that, uh, part of his job approval. Uh, getting the economy improving, uh, he's getting good marks on that. And even the Congress is somewhat more popular than it was. So they've got to come to believe that government has got to work again, rather than being mired in gridlock and stalemate. And interestingly enough, the Chinese are a player here because they have concluded that our system of government won't work because it's built in that gridlock. And Biden is talking about we have got to show that mass democracy can work if we're going to be attractive to the rest of the world, including the less developed countries of the world and the leaning authoritarian countries like Turkey, for example. And so the stakes are not only in our own country, the stakes are literally global. John Jackson is a political analyst with SIU's Paul Simon Public Policy Institute. For In Focus, I'm Jennifer Fuller.